My name is Aaron Vassar, and you are listening to the Restoring Adam podcast, seeking to revive, rebuild, and reclaim God-honoring masculinity for the king and his country. This is episode number one. It probably didn't take you long to realize that this podcast doesn't have the flash and allure of a lot of other podcasts out there. First thing is the sound quality. If I'm being honest with you, I'm recording with my cell phone and I'm sitting in my car. I don't have a podcast studio, I don't have any cool gear, and I don't have any good intro music. I intend to have all of those things, but I don't have them yet. And I think rather than wait until I have a polished product, it makes far more sense to me to go ahead and get this thing out there. I've been talking about doing it for a long time, I've kicked this can down the road for a long time, and it's time to make it happen. I need to let my yes be yes and my no be no. So you're likely going to hear some background noise like the plane that's flying overhead right now. I'm parked not too far from a airport and I'm on my lunch break. So, uh, yeah, you guys are getting it in the raw here. Um, and I'm doing that intentionally in that what I don't want to make you believe is that, um, I, I am a polished product. So therefore I'm not going to give you a polished product right off the bat. This podcast hopefully is going to grow and I will grow with better equipment and better gear. Um, but I, as I said before, I am not a polished product. Um, I'm just a guy. Um, I have no credentials behind my name. I, I'm simply a bumbling bastard out of Babylon, like so many of the rest of us that are just trying to figure it out. I, I'm on a journey. And as I look around, it appears that many other men are on that same journey and trying to figure out which way to go. And rather than go on that journey by myself, it makes sense for me to share some of the experiences that I've had, um, I, I'd like to have some conversations with some men that are a whole lot smarter than me and bring them on here and help guide you guys as it helps guide me. Um, I am certain that I will gain as much benefit and if not more from what I intend to do here, which um, is to help men figure out their calling, figure out their purpose. Why is, does God have you here? What is the purpose for your masculinity and what does it look like? The world has a lot of different ideas um, for how a man is supposed to operate. Most of them are wrong. Um, and I hope to bring to light some of the things that I've learned and help to point us in a better direction. Um, I have spent some time in the manosphere trying to figure out um, which way I'm going. And what I found there was helpful um, in some ways and extremely unhelpful in other ways. Um, as Douglas Wilson says, um, by the title of his book, Father Hunger, um, there is a father hunger out there and there's blood in the water. And I think a lot of these men that are self-help gurus are willing to show you the way at a price. And most of the info and insight that they give you is not good. It's not healthy. And I know because I've been in those groups. Um, a handful of years ago, I began trying to seek out a lot of this masculinity media, um, trying to figure out which way I'm going as I looked at my family and realized that um, I was not leading well. I did not have a direction for my life, and it's very hard for people to follow somebody like that. <clears throat> so I began seeking out a lot of this stuff, a lot of podcasts, um, and, and through that time, I've listened to countless sermons 
and countless podcasts and read stacks of books on biblical masculinity. Some from um, Christian sources and some from not. Um, I, I think a mature man should be able to chew up meat and spit out bones. And I have found some things in the non-Christian sphere that is good. Uh, it may not be for everybody to listen. It you know requires a little bit of maturity to be able to read some of this stuff and not get lost in it or to end up in like a machismo track where you end up trying to be like the next action hero uh, or this romanticized ideal of a John Wayne character that just kind of goes it alone. Um, I, I don't think that's helpful. And within a lot of these groups, um, that cost money, by the way, um, which I, the fact that it costs money isn't what I take issue with. I think that a, a man is worth his labor. And so if he's going to do something, he's going to produce a product. That's fine if you want to charge for it. I don't take issue with that. If you're taking time away from your family, you're doing something worthwhile that's helpful and you want to put a price on that, fine, do that. Um, I do think the prices are pretty exorbitant, if you ask me, in some of these areas. And inside of some of these groups, a lot of the information within those uh, is extremely unhelpful in that they, um, some of them will encourage divorce. Some of them will encourage you to abandon things that you should be doing. Um, I, one of the groups that I was in, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not here to really um, to, to try to tear anybody else down. But one of the groups that I was in, um, they had individual groups within the groups. And this particular group that I had kind of stepped into, um, one of the guys was talking about his wife and all these problems and they encouraged divorce and he ended up having the divorce. And, uh, just a lot of the rhetoric in there was not good. And this wasn't a biblical divorce. This wasn't because she cheated and all these other things. Um, it was just basically cause he was unhappy and it was time for him to go find his happiness, which I, I think is such an utter tragedy that these men, and, and mind you, this was a Christian group. Now, if this was a non-Christian group, I would expect that kind of rhetoric, but this was a Christian group from a quote unquote Christian man. And within that group, they were encouraging this man to go get a divorce and go be happy. And, um, that's one of the things I, I don't want to do here. Um, a lot of the rhetoric within those groups, and I'm going to do a podcast about this topic in specific. So I don't want to go into great detail here. But one of the things I found in those groups is that they would say, I, I mean, it's, I mean, if you're not a Christian, that's okay. Um, but this is, and it's, no, it's actually not okay. Um, if you believe in the gospel and you believe in the hope that's found in Jesus Christ, it is not okay to not be a Christian because that means you're going to go to hell. And what kind of man would tell another man that it's fine if you're not a Christian? Now, obviously, you know, a non-Christian man could gain some great info from a lot of the stuff here. Maybe he may be able to make a good life for him while he's on this earth. But what's the point of it all if you're just going to die and go to hell? I, I think it's important to let people know and, and to be unapologetic about your Christianity and unapologetic about your your masculinity. And you can't really have a true vision of masculinity apart from the Bible. The Bible lays this out throughout scripture. As you hear the stories of men and you hear the commands that the Lord gives us, they lay out a blueprint for what godly and biblical masculinity is to look like. <clears throat> and so a lot of these groups are very unhelpful. Um, now I have found over recent years, I have found some extremely helpful information out there, but it's few and far between. Um, you're going to find more of the Andrew Tate type logic out there um, than some of the helpful stuff. And some of these guys that have benefited me, I'd like to have them on. Um, there's been some men out there that have been 
just a wealth of information for me. And um, I, one of my purposes in doing this is that um, though there is a lot of men's podcasts out there, I think a lot of people do have their finger on the pulse of what's going on right now and have realized the need for this, the need for men to have direction. Um, I, I would like to provide another option for you, for these people to trip over because I, I would hate to see men misuse the strength that God's given them. And a lot of those other groups, um, drive them to misuse, um, the strength that God's given them. So I would like to provide just one more person that you might happen by that might give you a, another option. Now, I, this again is why I'm not um, polishing this particular podcast. I'm not using a script. I'm just sitting here talking. Um, what I, I, I am not a polished man by any means. Um, and I am not a, I'm not an expert. I don't have any letters behind my name, like I said before. Um, but I have done a lot of research. I've done a lot of reading and I've lived a lot of life. And God's been very kind to me in spite of a lot of very, very poor decisions. I always tell people I have a PhD in poor life choices. And somehow God has allowed me to be redeemed from a lot of that. Um, and, and these poor choices aren't just um, pre-Christian. A lot of them are post-Christian that um, I, I made decisions that I honestly have nobody to blame but myself. I have to take full responsibility for a lot of them. But um, I've, I've struggled with many things that um, I think bring me to a common level with all of you. So this is definitely not me coming from a pulpit um, that this is not me coming from some high tower and speaking down to you. I am just a regular guy that's trying to figure it out. And so, um, but I have found that a lot of these other sources are unhelpful. So I'd like to take the fact that God's allowed me to somehow thrive in this life that I have, um, amidst all of the poor choices that I've made, I I'd like to use that to speak into some things that maybe I could help, you know, pe- people find their way out of some of the ditches that I found myself in. And there is a way out. I, um, if there's anything that gives a man that, that gives hope to others is, is, um, the shared story of another that's found a way out of the darkness. So, um, the point of this particular podcast, this first one was just to let you know who I am. And again, I'm just a regular guy and I, I'm a father. I'm 44 years old as of this podcast, I have, I have four daughters. I will speak more into that. That's a very convoluted story in and of itself, but I do have four lovely daughters. Um, my oldest is 24. I have a son-in-law and I have a three, a four-year-old grandson. I have a 19-year-old daughter. I have a 17-year-old daughter and I have a 13-year-old daughter. So I live in a sea of estrogen and honestly, God made me for it. I, uh, I was raised without a father coming up, um, and so my aunt and my grandmother took me in as a, as a kid. And so I am somewhat aware of the world of females to an extent. And, um, so I, it's, it's kind of tailor made me for having a house full of daughters. And that's another reason I wanted to do this podcast is that many of the podcasts that I hear for men, um, to no fault of their own, a lot of them don't have daughters. A lot of them have sons. And so they speak towards that, which is great because, a lot of these, these, these men that are speaking to other men that who have sons, well, these sons are going to come knocking on my door. And rather than, than some 
half-baked pimple-faced punk knock, knocking on my door that wants to take out my daughter, um, I hope they're listening to good things like this. So I, I champion that. But again, I would like to provide something else. I, I do have daughters and, and they're all four walking faithfully with the Lord in spite of a lot of our choices and decisions. But there's some things that we've done right with them. There's some things that I feel like we really tried to focus on and, um, and there's some things we did wrong. And, and there's been consequences of that. But as of now, all of my girls are walking with the Lord faithfully, um, again, in spite of many of our choices. So I'm, I'm no parenting expert, but um, I'm a little bit further down the road. And uh, I think we're seven to 10 years away from probably being empty nested. And so again, if I could provide some insight to some of you fathers that have daughters and helping you learn to relate to them as a man, um, and, and newsflash, you don't have to lay down your masculinity in order to, in order to relate to your daughters. Um, you can relate to your daughters in a masculine way. Um, I, I think there's this misnomer that, that a man has to be in touch with his feminine side. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that men have a feminine side. Men have a, a, an ability to be, to be very caring and to take the same hands that can hold a weapon and they can take those, take those same hands and hold a baby and change a diaper. Um, but that doesn't mean that they need to be, they need to cross over into their feminine side in order to do those things. I think that's, I think that's completely incorrect and it's a misguided look at what masculinity is. Masculinity is a very robust thing. Um, and, and you have to be able to call up certain parts of yourselves at, at certain times. Um, so that's another reason that I wanted to do this is because of um, just this, what seems like kind of a lack of info for fathers and daughters. Um, guys ask me all the time stuff about girls and um, I it seems makes sense to go ahead and put some stuff out there and say some things that have been helpful for me. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to let you guys know who I am, why I'm doing this. I think I've shared that here um, and where we are going and where we are going is a journey of what it means to revive, rebuild, and reclaim. Uh, those names, yes, as they are kind of catchy and they have the, you know, everything starts with R or the R-R-E. But more than that, um, I, I think there's a real track there to stay on. Um, and, and I'm going to do podcasts separately over each of those concepts, the revive, rebuild, and reclaim. What, what, are, what are we reviving what are we reclaiming and what are we rebuilding? And I think that's going to be good um, fodder for future podcasts as we move forward. Um, but again, I, I'm not going to say that I'm at the end of that journey. I'm nowhere near it. Um, I still have many things that need to be revived. I'm still building many things. I'm, I, oftentimes, I feel like I'm just starting over. And I guess that's that part of sanctification where you go from one glory to the next, where... Um, rather than having it all figured out, it's a process. You, you make progress by degrees. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, if I'm a 2.5 today, I'm not going to expect to wake up tomorrow and be a 10. I'd like to be a 2.6 or a 2.7. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I am, I am in a process like all of you. I know I've said that many times, but I, I just, I want you to understand that, um, I, I am not an expert. Um, so if you're looking for that kind of a podcast coming from an expert, I suspect you go elsewhere because you're going to be sadly disappointed when you find out that um, I am not that guy. I'm just a regular guy who has many struggles. Um, and again, that's why this particular podcast is not polished. Um, I will 
in in time hopefully have a better product i i think rather than just do it like this all all the time i think we should be improving i think a lot of the christian content out there they get this mindset that like well it's good enough for christians or it's you know this that you know this movie was pretty good for a christian movie or this this song or this music was you know pretty good for christian music which is is a tragedy to think of because that's saying okay so this thing that i'm doing for Christ, in the name of Christ, is subpar, and that's good enough. Um, because, you know, Christ is pleased with my feeble efforts. And so, I my, my goal is not to give you a feeble effort. My goal is for this to improve as time goes, just as we improve as time goes. And that's my point in giving you a product that's not finished, and that's not polished. It's, it's not in giving you a subpar product and not putting time and effort into it. I would like it to be more scripted in the future. I would like to have some good intro music. I would like to have an intro that's catchy and whatnot. And what's the point in doing it and and taking the time to do this if I don't think that there's a benefit for it, if I don't think it would be helpful. And so I do want to put something out there that would be attractive and alluring and helpful and beneficial. And if if it's not, then what's the point? So in in time, the sound quality and whatnot is likely going to improve. At least I hope so. Um, how often I'm going to do this, I'm not quite sure. Um, I'd like to think I would do it at least weekly, um, but I'm not going to promise that. I have a family. We're going and we have lots of different things going on, um, and I need to be available for that first. That's, you know, first ministry first, and a man's first ministry is his home and his family. Um, it he, That needs to be his primary focus, and I think often men will find it very easy to get caught up in sidebar projects and other things because um, they are struggling to do the things at home that they need to be doing. And so, well, let me go, just go do this other thing over here and do that really well. And, you know, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my kudos over there from this other endeavor and leave my family to sit. I, most of the men that I look up to um, that I, that I listen to throughout the years, different pastors and whatnot, a lot of them tell that story about how they really involve themselves in ministry to the point that they abandon their families and their kids are off the rails. And that's one of the things that I've learned to look at when I'm looking for somebody to follow or somebody to gain insight from is their fruit. And the fruit of a man is his family. Um, and if his family's not walking with the Lord, I would question the, in, the info that he's going to bring me. It doesn't mean that he can't bring something good. I think God's used many fallen and broken men to say a lot of things that are helpful, you know, and, the, and there's always the quote that even a broken clock is correct twice. Um, but I, I think that we do ourselves a great disservice to abandon our families and, and you do the world a great disservice because a man that's wholly abandoned to his family to train them up to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind, um, those children are going to go and do it again, hopefully. And if you, if you do it well, you're able to build generational faithfulness, which is the goal here. Um, I, I am looking for myself and my family. I'm looking at a long, long plan. I, this isn't me just sit in my bunker and try to figure out how, um, I can survive until all my kids are, kids are gone. And that's the end of it. I'm looking at multiple generations of faithfulness and, that starts with me. That starts with me taking responsibility for me and my home and my family. And every family is a little church. And then that little church goes into the bigger church. 
And then that church goes into the community and that community goes into the world and that changes and that changes the world. Um, so I think it's important to make sure that that's my focus. So I say all that to say that I don't know how often I will do this. Um, I, I may just do little short ones if something comes to mind. I may, um, I, I, I don't have a schedule. I'm not going to promise you one, uh, but I will do my best to keep things on the regular and consistent as much as possible. Um, but again, if something else comes up, then, you know, you have to look at your things that you're called to do and what you're not called to do and what's primary and what's secondary. And you have to be okay with saying this is good, but this other thing is more important. So when more important things calls, this will have to get put on the back burner. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, so rather than give you false promises, um, I will do my best to create a consistent product. Um, if, uh, I, I will have another podcast where I'll just talk about my story because it is kind of unique. Um, but again, I don't want this podcast to be about me. I, I'm not the star of this show. Um, God is the star of this show. Christ is, is the star of this show. I'm doing it to honor him. I'm doing it because he's rescued me. And I think there's no better way to do honor to the fact that you've been rescued than to go back into hell and go pull the others out. Um, especially if you know the way out. And, um, again, he's chosen to save me from a lot of things. And so I would like to take the gratitude that I have for that and to go back and find as many as I can and rescue. Um, obviously not in my power, in Christ's power, but, um, he has given us a great hope. And I think it's important to share that hope, especially in a world that is so hell bent on telling everybody the bad news. Look at this bad thing. Look at that bad thing. Okay. Yes, things are dark, but remember that he told us to share the good news and people need to hear that. You can look out at the, you can look out at the seas and see that, um, the waters are very turbulent and these, these ships are looking for safe Harbor and they need a lighthouse and this insistence to perpetually pontificate all the perilous things in the world um, it's just not helpful. I, th I think scripture did a great job of that on its own. He said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and calamities. And yes, we have all of those things. Thank you. We got it. A and, and it's fine to be aware of what's going on, but we cannot be consumed. And, and we cannot expect that if we consistently tell people that, that that's going to have an attractive quality because again, we serve a God that's overcome the world. And we need to tell people about that God that's overcome the world and live a life that's attractive, that makes people look at you and say, man, things are really bad. And yet you're very happy and you seem different. And then you have the opportunity to tell them about the hope that lies within you with gentleness and respect, which is what we're called to do. So, um, again, I, I want to provide a positive product here. Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to stick my head in the sand and I won't talk about current topics and and things that are going on in the world, and I'm not going to uh, to to gladly take my axe to the to the bottom of the idols that are um, living out there in the world. Um, I'm I'm perfectly fine with poking them right in the eye, and I intend to do so. But um, what what I'm not going to do is consistently get on here and tell you about how everything is so bad, because um, obviously this is going to be some of my post mill theology hanging out, but um. I, I think things are going to get better, and I think things are better. Um, it, it's very easy to look at what's going on in the world as if everything's all doom and gloom, but honestly, if you ask me, I think what you have right now is much like when you take a serpent and you cut it in half, 
both of the sides wriggle violently because um, they they are trying to to survive, and I think that's what's happening right now. You have these you have these groups and these people that are have been severed, and they are wriggling violently. Um, but I I think we're on I think we're on the precipice of what looks somewhat like a reformation, if you ask me. Um, and I could be wrong. And, and if I'm wrong, so be it. But I don't think I am. I don't think I am. I think things are going to get better. I think things are going to consistently improve. I think men are going to step up and do what they're supposed to do. I think they're going to not follow the first Adam who should have tied the serpent into a knot and chucked him into the woods. Uh, rather he was standing there picking his nose while he was eating apples. Um, so I, my hope is, and, and my firm belief is that men are going to, take a look at the world around them and they're going to realize, Hey, um, I have work to do and I need to get after it. And so I, I think we're on the precipice of good things. So, um, I am, I am not a, I am not a doom and gloom guy and I refuse to be because I think it's very unattractive and the gospel should be attractive. If it's not, then what's the point? So, um, yeah, that is what I'm doing. That's where I'm going. That's what this is about. Um, I, I hope this was, helpful and interesting to some extent. Again, I haven't gone into deep detail about any of these things because if I did that, I wouldn't have anything to talk about in future podcasts. And so, um, kind of kept it at surface level here on purpose. So, and this is kind of the amount of time I'd like to keep these at about 25, 30 minutes, anything, anything more than that. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to say it'll never happen. I'll probably have some great conversations with people, hopefully that will go on for hours. And, um, but I, I think, when I don't have a script, I think it's better for me to just keep it short, right? Because I'll tend to repeat myself if I'm not careful. My wife is very good at reminding me that, hey, you, uh, you've already said that. So um, I don't know if that's a senior moment or what it is. But uh, anyway, I am looking forward to this. Um, again, I hope it's been helpful. And uh, I will see you on the next one. Take care. My name is Aaron Vassar. And you are listening to the Restoring Adam podcast, seeking to revive, rebuild, and reclaim God-honoring masculinity for the king and his country. This is episode number two. And before I get started, I want to take a moment and thank those of you who took time out of your day to listen to that first episode, to share it, and also to give me a review. I was blown away by the amount of response that I got from that first episode. And I have you guys to thank for it. And as I continue to go forward, I would ask that you guys would continue to do that. It goes a long way towards getting a message out there that I think is helpful or else I wouldn't be doing this. If you hear something encouraging, share it with somebody. Let them know and maybe it'll be a help to them as well. So again, thank you so much. I cannot begin to tell you how encouraged I was by the response that I got. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that if you want to reach out to me, probably the best way to do that. It's going to be through Facebook. I do have a Twitter and an Instagram, but admittedly, I don't really know how to function in those universes very well. I have tried, and maybe that's because I'm old and I know that Facebook is for old people and I haven't come along with the times and maybe I will at some point, but I'm just, I, I have some content on Twitter and Instagram, but not much, but Facebook is where you're going to find me mostly. I post stuff there most every day, not every day, but most days. I like to write and Facebook allows me the opportunity to be able to write at whatever length I would like. So sometimes I'll write something short, sometimes I'll write something long and Facebook doesn't curb that. So that's helpful for me. 
So again, you'll find my content there. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me through Messenger in that uh, Restoring Adam account. And like with the podcast, if you go to that and you see something you like, you see something that might be helpful, you see something that's interesting to you, share it. Give the page a follow. Let somebody else know about what you're listening to that's been helpful to you. So instead of what I was going to do in the first episode, which I was going to go into my story in this first episode, I'm going to go a little bit different route. Um, My story is somewhat convoluted. There's lots of ups and downs and different pieces to it. And I've only shared it in its entirety a few times. And every time I do, I look back and realize that I left something out. It was something that I put in the wrong order. And so I want to make sure that I give it its due diligence before I actually do that. So I need to have somewhat of an outline to operate from. Before I attempt that, I'm probably going to do that episode in probably two parts, I think, because again, it is a it's a very strange story. There's lots of pieces to it. And uh, there's kind of a natural split right in the middle of it that I think I'll utilize and put that into two different episodes. Um, also, I want to get that out of the way pretty early on because I really want to make sure that this podcast does not become about me. As I said in that first episode, there is nothing that gives me any credentials to say what I have to say on here other than the life that I've lived for better or for worse. But this podcast is not about me. It's about a God who who chose to give undeserved grace to a wretched man. And I want to make sure that the story is about him. It's about the hope that he gives and not about me. And somehow I'm the star in the spotlight. That is not my goal. That is not what I'm looking for. I'm not trying to build a platform off of my name, but I want to make sure that the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is lifted up. And that's my goal here. So with that said, this second episode is going to be more of the why as to why I'm doing this. And the reason is I've had a couple people reach out and ask me why I'm doing this. And I've had a couple people mention the irony of the fact that I'm doing a podcast for men when I live with all girls. I have four daughters. I do have one grandson, but I have all daughters and they find it funny and kind of ironic that I'm doing a podcast for men. And I understand that. So I'm going to go into some of the explanation as to why I'm doing this. And I think I'll start with the name, Restoring Adam. And that name, obviously, I would think you guys could probably figure that out. It comes from Adam. And we're talking about the first Adam here and how he dropped the ball. You've got the scene where most of you probably know this story. If you've ever tried to get through a one-year Bible plan, you probably at least got to this story. It's only about two pages in. If you didn't get any further, you probably caught this story. Uh, You've got Eve, who is eating apples, offered to to her, or at least suggested to her by, by the serpent, and she was deceived, and Adam was there. And he listened to the voice of his wife instead of the voice of God, because what Adam should have done when he seen Eve eating apples or heard the serpent talking to her, he should have tied the snake into a knot and chucked him into the woods. But instead he didn't. He listened to her. He chose the route of apathy and passivity. And now here we are. We're all paying for it, though, likely with our sinful natures, we would have all chosen the same thing, which, again, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this is because when I look out at the world, if you give me long enough. I can trace almost every problem we're dealing with, obviously, to our broken world and sinful nature. But at the heart of that is passive and apathetic men who are not stepping up and doing what they're supposed to do. So that is one of the reasons that I'm doing this. And 
Another reason is, ironically enough, it is exactly because I have four daughters. I, through my understanding and research of trying to figure out what it looks like to be a good and a godly man, I came to the realization just from my own observation with people that I know and from my the things that I've read and listened to that more often than not, our daughters are going to find men quite like us to marry. And with that in mind, we should be looking into what it looks like to be a good and a godly man so that we can set that model before them. Also, we're going to have young men come knocking on our doors if we have daughters asking for our daughter's hands in marriage at some point. And again, we should know what a good and a godly man looks like so we can tell this young man either, yes, you may get to know her, or to pound sand. And if we don't know what a godly man looks like, then we will just take any nice guy that that shows that shows up at the door. So it's important for us to know what a good and a godly man looks like for those reasons. Also, um, my own childhood, which again, I'm going to get into this more in a future podcast, but coming from where I came from, my childhood was essentially the ashes of failed men. I told you guys that I did not have a father coming up. I was abandoned by my parents. Again, I'll go into that longer at some point, but um, also my aunt who took me in, her father abandoned the family also. So I, I come from a long line of men that were not good and godly men at all. And seeing the damage that that caused is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this. Life was very difficult for my aunt. It, life was very challenging for me. And if a good and godly man had been there, I truly believe the story could have been different. Now, God is good and God is faithful and God's chosen to bring beauty from ashes. But nevertheless, we can't ignore the fact that things happened and they were not ideal and they could have been certainly done better if a man had stepped up to the plate and done what he was supposed to do. So from my childhood and the experiences that I had, I would like to save other young men from having that, from having that same issue. I, a lot of my friends growing up, and I didn't even realize it at the time because it was so common, a lot of them didn't have fathers either. And if they did have fathers, a lot of their fathers were not good. I had a lot of friends that had fathers that were alcoholics. Um, I had a lot of friends who had fathers that were not really in the picture at all. And some that I don't think I even remember them mentioning their fathers. And a lot of these young men had a lot of issues. And I guess misery loves company. So I probably tended to gravitate towards those people. And that's why a lot of my friends were like that. But nevertheless, as I look back, I'm able to see things now with the eyes that I have now uh, that I couldn't see back then. And so again, I, I, I do this because I would like to save the next young man who may not have that good and godly um, role model. I may give him something that he can look at. I may give him something he can listen to. I may give him something he can point to so he knows where to find good and godly men that he can attach himself to so that he doesn't go as far down some of the pits that I ended up going down. Um, so the third reason is about 10 years into my, into my walk with Christ, at this point, I'm married. I have all of my girls at the time. Um, and I had a job that I really liked. It, it was going to be a career. That, that was the plan. I worked as an EMT in Kansas City on the ambulance. And I loved that job. I really did. 
it was a great job. I, it, it was fun. It was very hard. I've seen a lot of very hard things. It gave me a very interesting perspective on life when you see that much tragedy. And to be honest, I was good at it. But the problem is that it became my identity, which I think is one of the trappings for men, is that when you go to work, you put in X amount of hours, and that equals X amount of dollars. There's an algorithm that you can sit down, you can do the math, it's concrete. And so it's easy to get wrapped up in that. Because when you come home, you're dealing with a lot of X factors. You can't come up with an algorithm where if I do this thing, then out comes this other thing that I know is going to happen because of the algorithm and the certainty of it. There is no certainty when you're dealing with people. You're dealing with moods and emotions and all these other things that um, don't always go the way you plan. And so that's one of the things that, um, that drives men to put all their time and effort into their work. And, and that job in particular allowed me to go be a quote unquote hero and to put on a cool uniform and have a cool job. And it became a part of who I am. It became a, it became my identity and I was never home. And when I was home, I wasn't home. And you can't really see that much tragedy on a day-to-day basis and not start to ask yourself about the things that really matter. And I looked at a family that was somewhat fractured. Uh, My wife was faithfully getting the family up on her own and taking them to church every Sunday. And when I was home, again, like I said, I wasn't home. There towards the end, the shifts that I were on had me working long hours. I did not sleep. And when I came home, I basically just occupied space. I was basically just a sack of cells sitting on the couch, taking up space. And I realized that things are not as they should be. So I ended up leaving that job. And I currently work as a plumber, which is not, there. there's no glory here. But I'm home every night, and I'm home on the weekends, and I'm available to my family. And when I left that job to come here, I realized when I kind of looked at my home, this is not a knock on my spouse, on, on, on my wife. She is wonderful. And she did everything she could do, but she was doing it alone, essentially. And, but when I took the time to look at it, I realized that things were not good um, in a lot of ways. And I realized that that had a lot to do with me. And I did not know where to begin because up to that point, I was learning how to be a Christian and how to read my Bible and how to do those things and whatnot, but I did not know how to be a Christian father. I did not know how to be a good and godly husband. I didn't know how to lead. I didn't even know what leadership looked like. I had no idea. And I realized how much I had to learn. So I began doing a lot of research. I started listening to these Christian men podcasts that, as I alluded to in the first episode, And I'm going to have a podcast episode on this topic specifically because I think it's really a problem out there right now. But there was a lot of really good info out there. But there was a lot of really, really bad info, too. And I'm very thankful for the good info that I got through that season. I read a lot of great books, listened to a lot of great podcasts, listened to a lot of great sermons. And God in his kindness put a lot of good men in my in my life. But um, nevertheless. There, I had a lot of work to do. I did not even know where to begin. And again, this is something I want to put out there to provide something that people can look to 
and see that there is kind of a pattern here that you can follow. This revive, rebuild, and reclaim actually means something. I do think there's something to revive. I think there's something to wake up. I think there's something to rebuild. I think that there's something to reclaim. And I think that's kind of an order of operations that we can go through that may not be for everybody. Again, I've mentioned here before, this podcast is likely not going to be terribly helpful to a third and fourth generation Christian. Maybe it will be. I don't know. But I think for the first generation Christian that's just trying to figure it out, I certainly haven't figured it all out, but I'm a couple steps ahead. And I would like to help that first generation Christian man that doesn't know where he's going and what he's doing, help him help him to build something, help him to be able to step into this role that God that God has given him. Um, but God did put a lot of good, faithful men in my life. I'm very thankful to them. And in the future, I would like to have some of them on for interviews. And uh, again, I'm just very thankful for, for that. And I don't think that's something that everybody gets. I think a lot of people, like I'll say things to some of the men that I have in my life, and it's as if they've never heard these concepts before. And I remember what that was like for me. I put a post on my uh, Facebook page the other day that said something to the likes of, and I, I don't remember it exactly, but I said, coming up without a father is akin to, be giving, to, to being given a high-powered sports car that has no brakes. And the only way to stop is to crash into things along the way. And that was really a story of my life in a lot of ways. I just found myself crashing into things and creating lots of damage because I didn't know where I was going. I had no map. I had no mission. I didn't know what the point or purpose was and why I'm even here. And I would just do random things with all of this pent up aggression and this masculine drive and this testosterone that God's that God gives us in his kindness and for his purposes. And I just crashed into things and created a lot of damage. Um, something I put on my Facebook, I think it was yesterday, I believe I no, actually it was the day before yesterday. I said something along the lines of, I pray that my name is soon forgotten. And that's not because I didn't do anything. I want my name to soon be forgotten because the faithfulness of the generations that come after me completely eclipse my efforts. And that right there might be the strongest reason as to why I'm doing this. I look at the world out there and I see a lot of hope. I think that things are moving in the right direction, even though it may not look like it from the surface. But I want to see men realize why they are here, what they are here for, and I want them to say enough is enough. And that's what I did. In my home, I began to realize what was going on. I, rem I realized what had gone on before me generationally. And I said, it stops with me. It stops here. It goes no further. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to raise them. I'm going to train them up to know and love the Lord. And I'm going to see to it. That's, that's my mission. That's my mission is to see that the generations after me follow after the Lord, that they bow their knee to him on this side of eternity. And they train up their children to do the same. I'm looking for, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of generational faithfulness. That's my goal. That's my mission, which was so helpful to me because I would do all of these flights of fancy. I decided I was going to jump to this career. Or I was going to do that or I was going to do this. 
and I had no filter to run them through because I had no mission. But when you have a mission as to why you're doing something, it changes everything, which is one of the secret reasons that I'm doing this podcast is has to do with the mission that I came to terms with. When I realized that it stops with me and that the generations to come are, are going to look are going to look different as far as it's up to me. I had to decide where I wanted to be, and I found a good and godly group of men and women that were living in a way that I had not seen before. Now, I've seen a few here and there. I've walked through the halls of Christianity for 20 years. I've been to lots of different places. I've seen lots of different things. But where I'm at now, I've never seen anything like it. Not that I've never seen families like this, but they were the exception, not the norm in these places that I was at. And what I found here is that families families that are living in a way that gives honor to the Lord and is going to create generational faith faithfulness, that's the norm where I am. And in light of that, I decided to pick up my whole family and move them closer to it um, because I realized that you will become like the people that you're around. And that had to change for me. And so I made the move. And so that's another reason that I am doing this podcast is because as men are looking for other men, I want to raise the flag and let people know that in Leavenworth, Kansas, there is a group of men and a group of families that are honoring the Lord, that are following hard after the Lord. And we are building something, building something that generations can stand upon. And I, and I want men to know that because if I could have found a community like this, 15, 10, 20 years ago, I don't know how far I'd be right now. Now, I think God's sovereign, obviously, and he puts us where we need to be. And I think that all of the things that I've been through up to this point got me to where I am through God's intention, because God has a plan and we can't really thwart that. But I do wonder what it, have, what it might have been like if I had known a group of men and women like this sooner to be an influence to me to be an influence to my family. And I couldn't be more thankful for it. So that's kind of the hidden secret reason that I'm doing this podcast. I'm raising a flag and letting people know that there's a place here. I know a lot of people are looking for faithful churches out of the ashes of 2020 and the whole COVID debacle. I know a lot of people realized that they were frogs in the pot and the water got hot and they didn't know that they were cooking until all those events happened. And they found themselves in churches that had no spine. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this is I want people to know that there is something here. If you are looking, there is, there is a place here. So those are all the whys behind what it is that I'm doing. I hope that's helpful. I will do an upcoming episode here soon where I will go into my story. But again, I want to do that whenever I have it all put into order. So for now, I'm going to wrap this one up. I hope it was helpful. And again, guys, if you hear something here that's helpful, let somebody know, share it with them. Send me a review and let me know what you think. Hopefully it's a five-star review. If not, save it. No, I'm just kidding. If you hate it, let me know you hate it. It's fine. I can take the criticism, but let me know what you think. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. And again, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook through Restoring Adam. Send me a message there. I'd love to get to know you guys. So until the next time, 
We'll see you later.